Today on the show, we'll talk Chili Bowl good and bad, Timez versus Ken and Mac, Kyle Larson is human, Wild West shootout, and more. Let's go. It's Sunday, January 14th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. There's a lot to unpack from last night's Chili Bowl finale. I feel like I say that every year because this event seems to always leave us both frustrated and yet wanting a whole lot more. It's a strange combination of emotions to feel after something like this. Logan Seavey dominated the feature last night, officially leading all 55 laps en route to back-to-back golden drillers. But that sentence itself is loaded with all sorts of traps and controversy, but also excitement and elation. It's a bummer that two years of incredible weeks for CV and the Swindell Speed Lab team are overshadowed by a main event track that ended up taking rubber very early on. The overwhelming sentiment today is much more focused on another year of track issues during the feature, and even last night's post-race celebrations didn't quite feel like they should have. The Swindell name has meant so much inside that building through the event's history, and now with Logan CV, it's back at the top. We've seen this combination uh, of this, you know, kind of return to prominence for Swindell and then the incredible rise of CV, but we can't sidestep and overlook the issues last night. Did CV actually lead all of the laps? Because I think Buddy Kofoid has a legit gripe about him being put back to second on a caution and his transponder issues. CV said afterwards he knew he caught a break there and that it was probably the turning point in the race. And the track was an even bigger problem this year than it was in 2023, where it also took rubber. We had Nick Hoffman tweeting before the feature rolled off that he was worried it would take rubber, and he was right on that. They went lighter on the track prep, and that combined with the new tire caused the issues, and it seems like the smart people in the building knew this was coming. Clinton Boyles, even on the Flow broadcast, pointed it out before halfway that it was headed in this direction. We ended up with a lockdown second half where not much happened because guys went into conserve mode, and Kofoid could never make a, uh, you know, a real serious run at CV for the win. Kofoid's car owner and Keith Coons posted to social media afterwards that, quote, at CB Nationals, track prep gets an F grade. No mincing words there. I do think it's worth pointing out, though, that in 2023, they did do a complete track rework before the main event and still had rubber. So maybe something else needs to change here. Is that fewer laps? Is it different prep Saturday? Maybe a reworked Saturday schedule? I'm not sure what the answer is, but let's not pretend like they aren't trying stuff, that they aren't doing anything. They are trying. They are trying to make this better. And I think what the event does need to get credit for, and they won't because everyone is too busy bitching, is the Saturday run of show. A year ago, we were talking about the terrible delays in the drawn-out program, and that was not a problem yesterday. The main event went green around 9.15 local time and 10.15 in the east. That's multiple hours earlier than it was just a year ago. Big kudos to the Chili Bowl for making that happen. And if Kyle Larson had somehow grabbed a locked-in feature spot on Thursday night, he wouldn't have made it in time from Vado in New Mexico. And I know everyone will just jump in the comments, just like I saw them do on Twitter, and say that they would have just sped the late model program up and slowed the Chili Bowl show down. But he would have needed literally three hours. That wasn't happening yesterday. As for some of the other topics from yesterday, Days and Pursley ended up, I think, being the real show uh, through the course of Saturday. He went fourth to the win in his D, 16th to fifth in the C, an insane 20th to fifth in the B, and then 20th to fourth in a feature that was hard to pass in during the second half. As others have pointed out, if that track doesn't take rubber, Pursley may have won this thing from the D-Main. 
Also, the entire sequence in the first B-Main between Thomas Miserall and Ken and McIntosh was pure insanity. McIntosh throws a ridiculous and completely unnecessary bomb at Timez in the final corners and takes Timez out. Both guys were headed for the A, the move was not needed, and then we have heartbreak for Timez for effectively no reason. Mezral is then ejected from the building for throwing something at an official in the aftermath and the cleanup, but then later allowed back in after supposedly Emin Han got involved and cooler heads prevailed. Mezral handled the whole thing, I think, as good as it could have been handled, which was almost unexpected from him based on his past history. The guy's usually a walking soundbite, but didn't take the opportunity to spout off like he could have and probably should have. And then McIntosh took a fairly serious, you know, metaphorical beating from the crowd and social media over the whole incident. In the moment, right or wrong, McIntosh thought the move was for the final feature transfer, and plenty of others in that building would have made the same exact move. We literally see it all week. I do think we need to remember that in the heat of the race, when you're that far back, it's not perfectly clear where you are in the running order. Team has even said after, uh, you know, after the, the incident that he didn't know what lap it was. But kudos to McIntosh for owning up to it in his flow racing interview when he was informed he was actually already in the transfer spot. He said it, quote, definitely doesn't make it look good and makes me look pretty stupid there. Uh, looking back over the whole event, I feel the same way in 2024 that I did after 2023. The racing all week, really good. Uh, you know, there are obviously issues at times, but overall really good. And But I'm still left wanting more and wanting better. A year ago, I wrote, quote, we are allowed to both love an event like the Chili Bowl and appreciate it for all its greatness, while at the same time offering critical feedback and wanting it to be better. 365 days later, this still rings true. Improvements were made. I liked a lot that happened, but I still want better from the Chili Bowl. Uh, I want to double back to, to uh, Kyle Larson's attempt at doing the Chili Bowl double, uh, obviously with uh, racing at Vado uh, for the Wawa shoot as well, and it didn't end up happening. Uh, that Thursday program did not go well for him. There was a flip in the heat race. Then he needed a massive 11th to second charge in the B main team and make the night's prelim feature. It was going to be a monumental task to go from 20th to a locked in spot against that group of drivers. And then he ended up crashing again, ending his bid. He told several reporters that he wasn't comfortable in the car, but also that he wasn't under any pressure to perform. But it was almost refreshing to see him be human for a day. And I don't want it to sound like I was rooting against him because I definitely wasn't. A Saturday double would have been epic, and I am a Larson fan. I was bummed it didn't end up happening, and I was going to do probably some measure of a video or show about it. That's, you know, I teased on Thursday that I might do something, and I ended up not doing it just partly because Larson didn't make the feature. But in a situation where things weren't going Larson's way, it definitely felt like he was trying to will himself into spots and pressing a little bit. And seeing him battle was a nice reminder that this racing stuff, especially on these big stages, is actually really hard. Larson usually makes it look really easy, and I feel like in the rare instance where he struggles, in a roundabout way, almost elevates his greatness even more. I know that sounds strange, but that's how I feel. All right, let's move over to the lay models. The Wild West Shootout has one more night tonight, $26,000 going to the winner of the finale. Bobby Pierce kept rolling Friday and Saturday with two more wins and has already guaranteed himself a $25,000 bonus on top of his race winnings. If he can win again tonight, he will get the $100,000 for winning five of six races. With all the talent and the drivers out in New Mexico, I'm surprised that Cade Dillard is the only other driver with a late model win at the event. I figured Mike Marler or Larson or Garrett Alberson or Brandon Shepard coming in late, one of those guys would score a win or two here. I think it'll be hard to bet against Pierce tonight, though. Larson's had some good runs, but keeps starting deep and needing big charges, and nobody else really seems to do anything with, uh, with Pierce once he gets out front. 
I do like what we've seen from Bishop for him from his first two nights. He was fifth on Friday, second last night after starting on the front row. Maybe he can be the guy tonight to make that jump. After tonight, Speed Weeks are next for the late model teams with the Outlaw season beginning this coming weekend at Volusia and then Golden Isles to follow that. You can tune uh, into the Wild West Shootout tonight over on Flow Racing. Uh, that's it for the Daily Today. A lot more racing to come up, so there will be no lack of topics in the coming days and the coming weeks, so make sure you're locked in right here. Hope you guys have a great Sunday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.